classes in memory of Jared Orchin. And today we will study the Aftora of the Parsha of the Week, Vaishlach. It's on page 1390. The Aftora of Vaishlach is from the book of Ovadia. And actually, the Aftora is the old book. Ovadia's book is 21 verses. The shortest book in the Bible. That's the book of Ovadia. Is Ovadia was a convert? In English, it's Ovadiah, right? Mm -hmm. Now, who was Ovadia? Before we start anything about, 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 about what's going on in the, book, in the story, in the Aftora, Ovadia was a convert, an Edomite convert. He was the only convert who became a prophet. What do you know about Ovadia? Ovadia lived, Ovadia lived in the time he was a disciple of Elijah the prophet. The famous Elijah that we know from Pesach, from the Pesach Seder, Elijah that we know from the breeze, from Saturday night that we sing, right? He had a few disciples, prophets. One was the famous disciple was Elisha, who took over after him. But one of the disciples was Ovadia. Will we know the big story about Ovadia, his connection? What was Ovadia doing in his life? He hid a whole bunch of prophets. Oh. It was the King Ahab and the Queen Isabel. She was an idol worshiper. She was from which nation she came? Sure. Isabel was from a different nation that the, the Jewish king, Ahab, married her. And she made the king and forced the whole nation to worship idols. She was a terrible person on many levels, not moral, not anything, very mean person. And because of her influence, he started, Ahab started to haunt all the prophets. But like today, all the rabbis, then it was all the prophets. And he killed every prophet he could end up put an, elder, an end on. That Ovadia, who had good connections with Isabel, because he was a convert, he was one of them, so to speak. He was a very rich man, and he was hiding a hundred prophets, 50 in one cave and another 50 in another cave. And he spent all his fortune to support them in a cave. And he gave them, he gave them food, and he gave them even oil to be able to have the light to learn Torah in the cave. And when he ran out of money, he went to borrow money from whom? From his friend, the king. That in a round and about way, Achav himself was supporting the prophet, the one who is trying to kill. He actually paid for them. And, when, and then Ovadia died. Ovadia died the same day Ahab died, Achav. And when Achav died, he, Ovadia died, then Ovadia, Achov's son, Yehoram, Joram, came to ask for the money from Ovadia's wife. He says, where's the money? You owe me money. Your, your husband died, and you owe me money. If you don't give me the money, I will take my two, hello, my two, my, I take your two sons as, as uh, slaves. That Ovadia's wife didn't know what to do. She went to pray at the grave of Ovadia. She told Ovadia, 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 you who you left me on? You did a lot of mitzvahs, and you left me with, 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 with loans, with debts, and now the king wants to take them away. The chair, the voice comes out and says, go to Elisha. Elisha was the disciple of Elijah. He was the main prophet of that time. And she told them, go, he told her, go to Elisha and he will help you. And she went to Elisha and Elisha asked her, what is in your house? The famous story with the, with the, with the, with the oil. He asked her, what do you have in your house? She says, I have nothing, I have a little bit of oil. And he told her, go and take, go take, go borrow empty vessels. And she started to pour oil, it was the big miracle of the oil. And she had enough money to pay off all her debts and to live good. And all the descendants of Elisha, of, of uh, Ovadia, will always have money. 
Yeah. And maybe we have a few people of them in Shul that are descendants of Avadia, they don't even know. <laughs> How they know if they're descendants of Avadia, measure, measure it by the checkbook. <laughs> That's Avadia. Ovadia lived, then the Talmud says, why Ovadia, he came and he gave a big, um, strong prophecy about Edom. Who is Edom? Who is Edom? Esau, and Esau's descendants. Okay, and and let's, let's see where is Edom. Who is Edom? Um, on page 159, it would be a good idea to take this, this thing, and to put it right by the Aftorah, then when we, because we'll have to go 10 times back and forth, it'll be easier to, to find our place back, that I lost it already. Um, 1389, I think. Yeah, 1390, yeah, then we'll put this here. And now we can go to page 159. Page 159 tells the story of the two babies that were born to Rebecca. She twins. Number 25 says, yeah. The first one came out reddish and completely covered in hair, like the fur coat of, a, of hair. Okay, the first one came out red, a red head, full of hair. Turn one page to page 161. Um, number 30, the story is that Esau came from the field and he was hungry. Go ahead. Esau said to Yaakov, pour some of this red stuff down my throat because I am exhausted. He was therefore given the name Adam. Adam. Red. That Esau got a name. Adam. That whenever we're talking about the nation of Adam, it's Esau. He was a redhead and he likes red stuff. That he called him the red. Adam means red. Adam in Hebrew means red. That's why the red ribbon that people wear is not really a Jewish thing. It comes from the wrong places. Red, Just by the way. Which ribbon? Red ribbon. What do you mean? There are some people wear it on the end for, Jewish? For, Jewish? For, for, for good I luck. Some the, people, they thought it comes from Kabbalah. Yeah, it's, it comes from nowhere. It comes from the wrong places. <laughs> okay. <laughs> just, just for your information. It comes actually from the wrong side. Um, that's Edom, the person. Is it supposed to keep away evil spirits, basically? Yeah, but it's coming from my evil place. That it doesn't bring it, doesn't keep you away from evil spirits. It's actually connected to evil spirits. That's a different story. And then when people go around it, as they are so happy they bought it in Jerusalem. Somebody made money. And every corner. Yeah, it's 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 a minak, a non-Jewish. It comes from a non-Jewish place, non-Jewish tradition. Yeah, the Kabbalah Center and the one that Madonna studies with is big. Yeah, that's why they're making the money from it. Yeah, good for them. But yeah, I mean, I just, just tell you that if you want to sell, sell a, a blue one, a green one, a white, white is better, much better white. Um, now we'll go in the text to page 997. It's a book of uh, numbers. Parshat Chukas, page 997, is a story, an attempt to pass through the land of Edom. The Jewish people are on the way to the land of Israel, and they are trying to pass through the land of Edom. Let's read what happened. Moshe sent messengers from Kadesh to the king of Edom. King of Edom. Now Edom is a king, is a nation. It's not anymore just Esau. For Esau came out a nation. Okay. This is what your brother Israel said. You know all of the hardship that has befallen us? Our fathers went down to Egypt. We stayed in Egypt for a long time. And the Egyptians mistreated us. And our patriarchs were pained in the grave. We cried out to God and he heard our voice. He sent an angel, Moshe, and he took us out of Egypt. Now we are in Kadesh, a city on the edge of your border. Please let us pass through your land so we can reach the land of Israel. Just let us pass the, the land. You don't ask me anything. Just the permission to go through. Continue. We will not pass through fields or vineyards. 
even though we have our own supply of water, we will not drink water from, uh, from our well, but we will purchase it from you. We will go along the king's highway, and we will muzzle our animals so that they do not turn us right or the, to the left to eat from your fields until we have passed your border. It's almost like today the refugees, the Syrian refugees, are trying to go to Hungary, but they don't want to stay in Hungary for a minute not. They want to get to, to, get to Germany, to England, or they want to go to uh, Hungary. The same thing is here. The Jewish people wanted to go to the land of Israel, and they just want to go through the land of heaven. We will not drink from you. We will not take anything for free. We will go on in the highway. We will not destroy anything. It's going to be perfect. Go ahead. Adam, Adam, Adam replied to him, You will not pass through my territory, or I'll go out towards you with the sword. Why he said I'll go out you with the sword? Why with the sword? Because that's what uh, the blessing of mm-hmm. Isaac. And Isaac blessed his soul. After Jacob stole all the blessings, put your hand there, you'll not lose it. We'll go back a few pages, maybe more than a few. On page 175, actually 177, he gave all the blessing to Jacob. Then Esau started to cry and throw a temper tantrum. I want blessings too. That, that Isaac gave him a blessing. On page 177, Isaac gave him a blessing. In top of page 177. If she is unaware of her father Wethel. No, 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 177. In top of the page, the top, top, number 40, you see number 40? No, you're on the wrong page. 177. You go ahead. Um, One line. You will live by your sword. You will live by your sword. That was a blessing that Isaac gave Esau. That here, the people of Esau, what they know, live by your sword. They said, I'll go out with, against you with the sword. Now we're going to back to page 997, just to confuse you a little bit. It's good for exercise with your fingers. That's what happened nowadays. It's word. What? That's what you think it's coming from. Yeah. But more than that, when Jacob, when, when Isaac touched Jacob, what he told them? He said, the voice is the voice of Jacob. What does this mean? In Judaism, when somebody is using his hand, you say, using, using the hand, hand of Esau. What is this? Punching people, hurting people. A Jew, the voice is the voice of Jacob. Jacob is busy with his, with his mouth. Therefore, most of the Jews are lawyers, and talkers, and preachers, and, and radio, radio or talk shows, and everything, everything in the mouth, or big, big talkers. And that's not our thing. We don't beat up. We don't cut the yard. We don't mold the lawn. We don't do anything. We cannot even change our light bulb. <laughs> that's not our side. Our strong side. Describe me a little bit. <laughs> I mean, I was just changing a light bulb. It was took a, like a whole family to, and then it didn't work out. Right. And then that's what he's saying. Here we are back to page 997. Um, we are number 19. The children of Israel said to him, The children of Israel said to him, We will keep to the highway. If either we or our cattle drink your water, we will pay whatever it costs. Nothing will harm you. We will pass through on foot. But he said, You will not pass through. They, and Edom came out toward them with many men and with the strong hand of Esau. Since Adam refused to allow Israel to cross his border, Israel headed away from him. Then here is the end of the story of the Edom. They wanted Adam, want, the Jews wanted to pass by Adam. Adam said no. God did not tell them to fight with them, just God called them to move away. God went off a different way. Different, look for an alternative way. We are not going to Adam. Still we see the history that the Jews had with Adam. They didn't even want to allow them to go to. 
That's, diff that's different than the Jacob and Esau story that we just read last week. Though. Why? Where, where uh, they meet, they, recon and they reconcile, and they, they go their different ways. It's, it's, it's interesting. Esau and Jacob, on their own, personally, made up for five minutes. Mm -hmm. And then they went in different ways, as we'll go back to it. But the peoples, they didn't really made up, you understand? The best proof is that, they, that animosity is still there. Amalek is the grandson of Esau. Now, as a, as a legal matter, was Adam obligated to allow Israel to pass through, even even if basically if Israel needed to move Israel needed to move away from Egypt. Edom was in the correct direction. What should Edom, legally speaking, have let? There's Israel no legality. And when they hate you, they hate you. The law doesn't mean anything. Practically, I understand. I'll tell you. It's interesting that you say, but if, you, if, they, if they start, the, the message that came from Moses to the people of Edom was like this. This is what your brother Israel said. Brother. We are brothers. Esau and Jacob are brothers, right? Mm -hmm. Then as a brother, you have an obligation to help your other brother. Mm -hmm. that's, the, that's, the, that's how we try to approach him. I'm not coming to fight you. I'm not coming to do a brother. Mm. But uh, brother, brother, <laughs> many brothers not, not necessarily get along. Yeah. Was this the, this the line that maybe I'm wrong about that we, uh, no, no, something about you should not have whored the Edomites and the Israelites? Or should not. Um, it's written about Edomites? No, Egyptians. no. Egyptians. You shouldn't. Um, Egyptian. Egyptian. Oh. Let the time a me too, he's right. Let the time a day me, yeah. Where is this written? Let the time me three, let the time a day me. Yeah, that's written, it should be somewhere. Inspiration, I think. One second, let me see. Is it Inspiration or somewhere else? You should not because he's your brother, right? Because he's your brother. Mm, yes, yes, yes. No, it's not, not something very strange. Okay. Okay, yeah, there is, there is this verse, you're right. You'll give me another second, my friend, if you don't mind. Second, let's see if it's here. And if not, I have to look for it in a different way. Um, should be here somehow. I have to go the original way. <laughs> One second, I'll tell you. This is why I've missed it. No. Not, you know, when you need them, they're not working. So does Chabad have an app? Yeah, many apps. Not all Chabad, but... Uh, that's right here, then why didn't find it? Yeah. Um, on page 
number eight. You want to read, Mister? You should not completely despise an Edomite. Okay. Uh, the text says you should not complete, uh, uh, should not despise an Edomite. Go ahead, because for he is your brother. For he is your brother. In the parenthesis says completely. Rashi says you should not despise an Edomite um, because. Uh, because, because really you should despise him because he came out, he didn't let you to go through his, his land. Still you should not despise him because he's your brother. If you look in the classic question, um, that's already later, okay, that's not, that's not. The bottom line is, Hashem said not, not, to, not to hate an Edomite. Right? Very good, thank you. Even though the Edomites later become Rome. And, and even the Edomite didn't even let you go through the land. Mm -hmm. And this story that they didn't allow us to, to, uh, to go through the land is recalled by a judge. Which judge is recalled to? Recalled by? Hmm? There is a Torah that speaks about it. Recalled by George Iftach, Jephthah. When Jephthah came to conquer the land, he had the whole discussion. If you open on page 1457, that's interesting today. It's actually crazy. That's nice. Aftora is of Chukas, Parshat Chukas. It's not the Aftora of this week, but it's Aftora. And he has a whole discussion with the king of Ammon. We'll not go into the whole thing, but we'll read on page 1457, number uh, 14. Dr. Kosov, you want to read it? Never just read it. The king of Ammon. Hmm. 14, in top of the page, okay. almost in top, Iftach. Iftach sent messengers again to the king of Ammon and said to him, this is what yeah, Iftach yeah, yeah. says, Israel did not take the land of Moab and the land of Ammon from you. What happened was when they came up from, Israel, uh, from Egypt and Israel went through the wilderness up to the Reed Sea, they came to Kadesh. Israel sent messengers to the king of Edom saying, let me pass now through your land. But the king of Edom did not listen. He also sent messengers to the king of Moab and he was also unwilling. So Israel stayed in Kadesh. Then they went through the desert and went around <clears throat> the land of Edom and the land of Moab. They came to the east of the land of Moab and encamped on the other side of the Ammon. But they did not come within the border of Moab, for the Ammon was the border of Moab. Okay, then he recalls the story that you just learned in the Bible, in the in the in Pasha's Chukas, in the Book of Numbers, that the Jewish people wanted to pass through the city, the land of Adam, and they didn't let them. Right? That that's this story is recalled again in the Book of Judges. Now we'll go to after of this parasha. Now that we know where Edom is, a bunch of uh, this who did not even want to allow the Jews to pass by, still God made a commandment in the Torah not to hate, not to despise an Edomite because he's your brother. That we didn't call him a brother just because he wanted to go to get, get permission to go through the city, the, the land. We, the Torah believes that he's your brother, therefore you have to be nice to him. At least not to hate him. Let's put it this way. Not asking it, you know, it's a hard to be nice to a brother. At least don't hate him. Okay, now we'll go to the Aftorah. 1390, the Aftorah of Ovadia. Ovadia is giving a prophecy about Edom. What will happen to Edom at the end of the days? Why Ovadia? Then the Talmud says, will come somebody from the Edomites, and he will tell the Edomites what he thinks about them. You need somebody from them to, to crush it. This is a line I have read before. From the force itself comes the handle. From the force <laughs> himself comes the handle. Mr. Say, you make an handle from the wood, right? Yeah. The wood of the force. And with the wood of the force, of the, you may, in the, with the handle of the, of the ark, you, you break the, you, you, cut the, you, cut the, you cut the tree. That, from that you take something from the tree to break the tree. So to speak, you need somebody from Edom to come and say the devil Edom is nothing. For example, how you, if you want to nullify an idol, an idol, who can nullify an idol? Somebody who feels believed in the idol. 
And he says, that's nothing. That's, that's how you, you crush the idol, so to speak. Somebody who never believed in idol, your opinion doesn't count. You need somebody who believed in it, and he gets up and he says, that's nothing. That's why when, when you see when, a, when, when a, a child was born, a person was born into a religious family, he says, eh, pork, it's nothing. Garbage. What do you know? What I know about pork? I ate pork. I know if it's good or not. If somebody who ate all of this and enjoyed everything, and he says, this is nothing, oh, now it's worth something. Same thing is it, Ovadia. A convert who came from Edom, he comes and tells the Edomite what really God thinks about them. What will happen to them? Okay, now we'll start the Torah. The vision of Ovadia. The vision of Ovadia. This is what Almighty God said to Adam. We, the prophets, have heard a message from God, and a messenger has been sent among the nation, saying, Get up, let us wage war against her. Against Edom. Look, initially I made you small among the nations, and you were greatly despised. But now that your kingdom is great, the wickedness of your heart has enticed you to be overly proud. You are like one who dwells in the sheltered clefts of a rock, as secure as one whose dwelling is lofty, who says to himself, who can lower me from my lofty position and bring me down towards earth? Okay, that, what means they were living in, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the cliff of, the, of, the, of a rock? I think there is some commentary say that actually the place of the living in Petra, in, the, in Jordan, it's full of mountains. And that's what the, that was the original place where the Edomites were living. And he says, here the prophet says, at the beginning you were nothings. Now you became powerful and strong. You became Rome. You're becoming very strong. And you think you deserve the whole world is yours. And that's God says, I will destroy. And you say, who can destroy me? We are, we are, we are the, we control the whole world. And actually look what happened to Rome today, nothing. They disappeared. Okay, but... But even if you lift yourself high like an eagle, and even if you place your nest between the stars, I will bring you down from there to be conquered by the nations, says God. That God promised Adam that no matter how are you going to be, I'll bring you down. Go ahead. If thieves come upon you or robbers at night, they would not totally clean you out. So how have you been totally wiped out? Don't they only steal what they require? If great gatherers come upon you, do they not at least leave some gleanings? Yet you, Adam, will be totally wiped out. The prophet says, God will do a better job than the thieves. When thieves come, they steal, but they leave something. When people come to, take, to collect the, the gleans from the grapes, they, they, they steal, but they still leave something. God will leave, leave Adam with nothing. He will wipe them out completely. What means wipe them out completely? What means it will destroy Adam? Judaism doesn't believe in destroying. Adam is a Malik. The Amalekites, right? Not right. part of it, right? right. He says, uh, he says grandson. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Talking about Adam is the symbol of the nation who hates the Jews, no matter what, no matter when. That's what the Amalek. What means it's written in the Bible. You have to eradicate the Amalekites, kill them all. Terrible. And every time we read it in the synagogue, people come and tell me, oi, 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 I'm not comfortable with what's written this week. I have, a, I have an issue. I'm not comfortable with this verse, with the other verse. First of all, if you are not comfortable, it doesn't change the, what's written in the Torah. But more than that, I'll ask you a question. The Talmud says, the grandchildren of Haman Study Torah in Bnei Brak. Who is Amen? Descended from Amalek. Amen is a descendant of Amalek. And Amen's descendants study Torah in Bnei Brak. My city. I'm not a descendant of Amen, thank God. I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> but descendants of Amen learn Torah in Bnei Brak. What does this mean? Obviously, how could you learn Torah in Bnei Brak? You to kill him. Obviously, Judaism doesn't think you have to kill everyone. No. The people who, who, who accept the belief of God, they're welcome. God wants to eradicate what 
what Edom stands for. The memory. That's the, the idol worshiping, the arrogance, that we are against God, you'll do whatever you want, we are against the Jewish people. This will be eradicated. But if the people want to join the belief of God, and how much more if they want to convert, welcome. So God's, God changed his stance after Sodom and Gomorrah? Big time. And he changed, really changed it after, after the flood. He said, I will never destroy the whole world again. And after Sodom and Gomorrah, I saw it doesn't work anyway. You can, you can destroy 10 cities. It does not going to help you. Because, because there will be another people of people. The, the Torah says it. That God saw that people are after the flood. That people are evil anyway. That he will not destroy them again. Then you write, absolutely. The Jewish whole idea, for example, there is a prophecy. You'll tell me where. A prophecy <laughs> that a third of the world will be destroyed, cut out. Yeah, Zechariah. In Zechariah, right? Eight. Here you go. It's written before Moshiach come, a third of the world will be destroyed. And, and once a guy came to me and started to tell me, you didn't read what's written as Haraya, it's going to be terrible, it's going to be a world war, the war of Gog and Magog in the world is going to be destroyed. I listened, I listened, I listened, and I, he, he, he came to give me Shachmanes and Purim, that and Purim, to ruin my mood, he started to tell me all about all the doom and gloom that he, that he enjoys, and he's depressed with it, I should suffer too. I told him, I cannot tell you for sure, but it doesn't sound right. Something is missing in the story. A day later, I happened to look on, on one of the Rebbe's talks, the Rebbe says, God? It's written in the, we say in the Ashrei, everybody knows Ashrei, we sing Ashrei, say the Ashrei, God's mercy is on everything that he created. That God created a world to destroy a third of the world? Absolutely, it doesn't make sense. What does this mean? The world will become righteous. They will believe in God, and if they believe in God, they join. More than that, by the time of the resurrection of that, the people, the, Jew, the people who believe of God will be resurrected. And the rest of them will not be killed or anything. They will live out their lives. It will not be any more having children. The people will just live their lives and die out. We have a good life. They live to be 97 and a half, maybe 123. God bless them. They live a good life and they finish the finish. Nobody will be destroyed. Every time we see the we read in the Bible destruction and all of this, you have to understand that there is the concept is there, but in reality, even in Jew, Jewish law capital punishment, yeah, in reality it's impossible to kill anybody in Jewish law. Even in the time of the Bible, I'm talking, the laws were so complicated and so impossible to reach a verdict that. As Rabbi Akiva said, if I would sit in the Sanhedrin, Rabbi Akiva was already after the destruction of the temple, was not no more Sanhedrin. So if I would sit in the Sanhedrin in the time where they can kill, he says, nobody would ever be killed. A Sanhedrin that killed one person, that uh, convicted one person in 70 years to be killed, was considered a, a, a cool court. <laughs> a cool court. Yes. One in 70 years. One in 70 years. One person. Wow. And what I have to say. The Torah, the way it's written, you have, to, you have to learn a little deeper before you, run, you, you draw your own conclusions. And it's a very important thing to understand. It. It's a many, many things. Okay, we diverged a little bit. And go ahead. How have the houses of Esau been searched and all their belongings removed? How have his hidden places been sought out? All of your allies accompanied you only to the border, but then turned back and left you to fight alone. Those who are at peace with you induced, induced you to go to war and prevailed over you. Those who eat your bread have schemed against you and have thereby made a wound in your place. Adam has no understanding to realize that this is happening to him. Basically, he says, what's the worst, worst curse of a nation? that his friends are not friends, and they tell him, yeah, 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 go to war, we will help you, and then they run away. To our dismay, I mean, it happened many times to the Jewish people. Here the prophet says that eventually it will happen to Adam. Surely, surely on that day, when the punishment will arrive, that day, what's that day? 
ביום ההוא, every time it's ביום ההוא, that day means the day of משיח. Day of judgment, the day of משיח will come, right? Go ahead. Surely on that day, when the punishment will arrive, says God, I will cause the wise men from Edom and the wisdom from the mountain of Esau to perish, for they will not have the tactics in hand to save their lives. And you who live in the south, since you too are from, the, from Edom, your mighty men will be broken, so that the slaughter will wipe out every last man from the mountain of Esau. Because you oppressed your brother, Yaakov. Now he says, why he deserves such a terrible end? Because you oppressed your brother. You want to continue? Because you oppressed your brother, Yaakov, you will be covered in shame, and you will be cut off forever. Yes, you oppressed your brother when you stood aside on the day that strangers confiscated his possessions, and foreigners entered into his gates, and cast lots over dividing Jerusalem between themselves. You, you too are like one of them since you did nothing to help. Here, what is he talking about? The Babylonian conquest. Oh, the Babylonian conquest and the Edomites were standing there on the side and they didn't help, the, not only they didn't help the Jews, they yeah, actually joined the crowd. That he said, first of all, because you didn't do anything, you already deserve a punishment. In, even in today's law, if you saw a crime happening in the middle of the street and you, and you stood and you did nothing, you might be charged with a crime too. Why didn't you didn't save this person? Why didn't you help anybody? Why didn't you call the police? That's what he tells them. And the day that they draw, a, they draw a lot of dividing Jerusalem, just sounds like today. Should divide Jerusalem. Yeah. The same thing happened there. It says, because you didn't do anything and you actually joined them, therefore you'll be punished. You should not, we are in number 12. You should not have looked on at your brother's anguish. On the day of his estrangement from his land, and all the more so, you should not have rejoiced all the children of Yehuda when they were destroyed. You rejoice the children of Yehuda when they are destroyed. When you saw the destruction of the temple, you were happy. It sounds today too, when, when yeah. there is a terrorist attack in one place, you know what they do. No. Nor should you have spoken proudly on the day of his distress, and since you did these things, I consider them act of oppression against your brother. It means to say, for a brother to rejoice that his other brother suffers, as considered a, an act of oppression. Um, how would you want to continue, number 13? You should not have entered the gates of my people to conquer their lands on the day of their calamity when the temple was destroyed, nor should you have gazed at his misfortune on the day of his downfall. You should not have stretched your hand out over his possessions and looted them on the day of his calamity. You Don't come to join in the Tzoros. <clears throat> You, right. sh you should not have stood at the dispersion to cut off his refugees, and you should not have arrested his survivors throughout the days of his distress. Not you, only they didn't help, they, they gave in the survivors, they turned them over. That's what he's talking about. Because you should have realized that the day of God's reckoning on all the nation is near. As you have done, so will be done to you. Your recompense will come back on your head. Oh. As you have done, we shall come back to you, measure for measure. Very strong concept everywhere in Judaism. If what you did, what happened to you? Go ahead. Yeah, um. For just as you, Yehuda, have drunk on my holy mount, so too all the nations will constantly drink from the cup of turmoil. They will drink and become confounded, and they will be destroyed as if they never were. But on the mount okay, then you will, uh, they will be drunk. Basically, you'll have the same party that you made on, on the mount, on my holy mountain, mount, the same thing will happen to you. But then in number 17, he says something very encouraging. But on the mount of Zion, there will still be a remnant, and it will be holy. 
the house of Yaakov will inherit those nations who inherited them previously. Okay, this was uh, almost a message of hope during the before World War II, during World War II, when in Israel, in Israel the, the land of Israel started to be built up and more Jews and more Jews came around. Then some rabbis saw this line as, as the direction where to go. And the, la- and the Mount Zion will be the remnant, the place to survive. If you are holy, you'll be able to survive. The people of Jacob will take over the Mount, Mount, the Mount uh, Zion, and they will be able to survive. And here comes even something more important. Just we keep saying Mount Zion. Mount Zion in Israel is not where the Temple Mount is. Is What's the reason for that? I don't know. I don't don't know. I I remember reading somewhere why it's called Mount Zion and not. But Mount Zion that he talks here, in general, it's the Temple Mount. In more in in general, it's It's Jerusalem. It's Mm -hmm. Israel. Mm -hmm. Mount Zion is everything, yeah. But it means, if anything, it means the Temple Mount. Number 18, he says something very interesting. The house of Yaakov will be a consuming fire, the house of Joseph a consuming flame, and the house of Esau will be like straw. They will set them alight and consume them, and there will be no survivors from the house of Esau, for For God God has spoken. spoken. Bet Yaakov Leesh, the house of Jacob means more the kingdom of Judah if you want. And then the house of Joseph means the kingdom of Israel was a fine from the people of, of, for the son of Joseph, right? Then they will join together, will be a fire and a flame. And from the house of Esau, nothing will be left. Will not be a continuation. So will there have to be an ingathering of the ten tribes before that happens? You bet, Moshiach comes. This will be Moshiach comes. If the Jews are not uniting, nothing is going to happen. <laughs> Nothing will happen. It says to start from us. Are there those who take a look at this verse and say that there's going to be an individual from Joseph, the Mashiach ben Yosef? Yeah, some people will say that this is there is a Mashiach ben a Messiah that the before Mashiach, the before the the Messiah, the son of David, from the house of David will come, will come a Messiah, the son of Joseph, and he will start to usher the redemption, and he will be killed, and then will come the Mashiach ben David, right? Mm-hmm. But Maimonides, in the laws of Moshiach, as he spoke last week, the last two chapters of his book speaks about Moshiach, and he doesn't mention one word about the Moshiach ben Yosef. The truth of it could be it already happened. Some people say that Bar Kokhba was Moshiach ben Yosef. I don't know if it was from the tribe of Joseph, I don't know. But it doesn't, not necessarily that everything that, not necessarily everything must happen. It could be such a way that things will happen. But it doesn't have that it has to happen. But Moshiach ben David, the Messiah, the son of David, this will for sure happen. Moshiach will come and will bring and will usher the, uh, the, the, the final redemption at a different era of people believing in God and, and being good. And, but the main thing that everybody will believe in God. If everybody believes in God, they will all be, be, be good human beings. Is Maimonides not to favor the concept of Moshiach ben Yosef because he doesn't favor the, the whole concept of the, the ultimate end battle? Uh, yeah, he doesn't write about a battle. Yeah, yeah you don't see no. him writing about what Ezekiel talks about or what Zechariah talks about. You're right, because yeah. it doesn't have to be this way, you understand? And more than that, even if you say this supposed to be a battle, you know, in history, 100 years is nothing. The Holocaust was 70 years ago. If you say, tomorrow Moshiach comes, the World War II is still, is still the battle. But it doesn't mean it has to come in a way of blood. It could come in a good way. God willing. That would be nice. I mean, go ahead. Do we know anything about Obadja's background? I assume he converted first and then became a prophet. Absolutely. Converted first and then became a prophet. Yes. And not only this, the Medrash says that why he became a prophet? Because he spent all his fortune on supporting the prophets. That's why Hashem rewarded them with, 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 a, with, a, with a prophecy. Go ahead. Number uh, 19. They will inherit the south 
the mountains of Esau, and the lowlands, the land of the Philistines. And they will inherit the field of Ephraim and the field of Shemron. Mm -hmm. Benjamin will inherit the land of Gilad. Now comes something very interesting. Read it. The exiled. The exiled army of the children of Israel who lived with the Canaanites until Tsarfat. Tsarfat. Read it, Tsarfat. You know what Tsarfat in Hebrew means today? Friends. Really? Yeah, but this is not the Tsarfat that the, that the prophet is speaking. There was a place, I think, in Lebanon that was called Tsarfat. Continue. And the exiles of Yerushalayim until Sfarad. Where is Sfarad? Spain. 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 Oh. Mm -hmm. oh, they went all the way to Spain. <laughs> Will inherit the cities of the south, Adam. And when Moshiach and his ministers, the saviors of Mount Sion, will ascend Mount Seir to judge the children of Esau for all their uh, wrongdoings to Israel, God will be king. All the nations will recognize his sole authority. Okay, we'll learn the last line of the text in Hebrew. You probably recognize it from some prayer. And will come the saviors in the mouth from the mount and Mount Zion to judge the mount of Esau. Basically, the Jews will overcome, the Israelites will overcome the, the Edomites. And then the kingdom will be to God. What means What means the kingdom will be for God? That everybody will believe in God. The whole world will accept the kingdom of God. That's Moshiach. And everybody will recognize. That's why I told this boy I spoke today. I told him that's 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 the future. He said, "What's what are we waiting? Is the Jews have a destiny? They have a goal. What do you want to do?" I said, "That's exactly the goal." Now, here is the connection to the parish of this week. In general, Edom, Esau, yeah, absolutely. But here's the connection to this week's parish. The connection is like this. You all know in the beginning of this parish, of Parshas Vaishlach, is about the struggle between Jacob and the angel, right? Before he met Esau. He had a big struggle. On page 217, Yaakov fight, fight with Esau, guardian angel. 217. Yaakov forgot some small jars and went back for them. He was left alone. Esau's guardian angel appeared as a man, wrestled with him until the break of dawn. Okay, and he had a wrestling. Now we'll turn to the page. 219. Yaakov confronted Esau, right? And what happened there? Esau ran and kissed them and hugged them and cried. It was beautiful. What a reuniting of the family reunion was amazing. It was Thanksgiving all over again. The whole family came together. Okay, turn to page 221. Esau says, um, number 12. Esau said, Set off and we'll go together. I will go alongside you as slowly as you want. Okay, Isa said, now we are friends, right? Let's go together. Let's be one big happy family. Let's go together. What Yaakov said? Yaakov said to him, my master knows that the children are tender. The flocks and the cattle which are rising, raising their young depend on me. If they push them too hard one day, all the flocks will die. Let my master please go ahead at his own pace before his servant, and I will move at my own slow pace according to the pace of the animal workforce that I am responsible for. He tells him, you know what? I have children, I have the cattle. It's not going to work. You go on your own pace. I'll go on my own pace. I'll meet you. Continue. And according to the pace of the children, until I come and meet my master at our final destination of Seir. Mm-hmm. That he says, don't worry, I will meet you at the final destination of Seir. Esau said, Esau tried again. Esau said, Esau said, please let me station with you some of, my, some of the men that are with me. If I will not, I'll send some of my guys. I have 400 guys. I'll give you a few. 
Go ahead. Why is that necessary? Yadlov said. May I find the favor in my master's eyes, and I don't pay me and don't pay me anything. Okay. Don't. I basically. Okay. Turn the page. On that day. On that day, Esau went back to Seir, his usual hangout, alone. Alone. <laughs> and Jacob went to Sukkot. Jacob told them he wanted to go together, right? Told them, I'll come. I'll meet you. I'll meet you in Seir. Have you met him and say No. Yeah. And look on page 221. Um, the, the classic question, 221, just one page back where you just read it. <coughs> and he told them, Yaakov, you see the Rashi there? Border the journey. Yaakov broadened the journey for him, for he only intended to go as far as Sukkot. He said to him, If he, Asaph, intends to do me harm, he'll wait until I come to him. But Yaakov didn't go to Seir. Mm -hmm. And when will he get, when will he go? In the days of Mashiach. As the verse states, deliverers will go up. <coughs> oh, read now the Medrash. Skip to the Medrash. The next third paragraph. You want to read? Um, oh. James? We've searched through all of scripture and we've not found that Yaakov ever went to Mount Seir. Yaakov never went to Mount Seir! Could it be? Go ahead. That Yaakov, who's such a truthful person, deceived him? Actually, he was truthful, for he will come to him in the future, as the verse states. Deliverers will go up on Mount Sion to judge the Mount of Esau. Ah, the last line of Araf Torah, the Moshiach will come. The people will come from Mount uh, Jacob. The people of Jacob will come to Mount Seir as winners, as victorious. By the end, when Moshiach will come, we will come to Mount Seir too. Will anybody then what, be there? Then what, Esau, then what Jacob promised Esau, he says, don't worry, I have time. Yeah. No rush, we'll come there. Yeah. A few thousand years, yeah. he took so his time. Like this. <laughs> you know, my brother once asked me when I'm coming to China to visit him. <laughs> I told him, marry off your daughter, I'll come now. How old's his daughter? Two years old. <laughs> I told him my sister was in, is she in Odessa. I told him, when you come, I said, when you marry off your daughter, at that time she had only boys. 